You're listening to To Succeed, Just Let Go, a podcast that'll change how you think and change your life. I'm Willie Horton and I'm a psychologist. I've been helping people change their lives since 1996. Broadcasting from the French Alps and delighted to have you along. Let's take this week's step in the right direction. We live in a world and an environment that actively conspires against us. First of all, nature has conspired against us. Through evolution, nature has given us a brain that is not fit for purpose in the 21st century. Evolution saw to it that our brains developed in a way to ensure our survival and little else. Your brain isn't designed to achieve your objectives, to enable you achieve your goals, to enable you enjoy yourself, to enable you live your life to the full. Your brain isn't designed for any of the above. And for that reason, most people will try to change their lives or some aspect of it and fail and fail and fail again because of the repetitive nature of the thoughts that enable us survive and disable us from doing everything else. So nature has conspired against us. Our education has conspired against us, mindlessly conspired against us. For the whole premise of education is that you have to better yourself. You don't have to better yourself. You're perfect in the first place. It's just that through the way in which evolution developed your brain and your thought processes, that you haven't realized it. You haven't self-realized, if I could put it like that. You're not aware of it. You haven't become self-aware. Education is designed to put us in a box. Education facilitates conformity, facilitates conformity to the norms of what society expects. Now, you must realize that education is largely a mindless process run by mindless people. We've talked before about how all too often as parents, we actually marvel in the worst possible way at the caliber of people into whose care we place our children when they go to be educated in the first place. Now, if you disagree with me on that point, I don't care. There are ample examples of that which abound everywhere, anywhere and everywhere. That aside, as I said a moment ago, the whole premise of education is flawed. It grinds us down ever further into a belief that we are in need of redemption, in need of improvement, in need of development, in need of saving, and in want of saving. We talked about want a couple of weeks ago. Tribalism is conspiring against us, and that really is a mindless one, because even though evolution saw to it that there is still a clinging belief that there is safety in numbers and that it is safer to be inside the tent spitting out. It is safer to be part of a tribe. What it does is it grinds us into mind-numbing norms 
of how we behave, who we like, who we don't like, and a them and us situation. Tribalism comes in all kinds of different shapes and forms. Religion, nationalism, which football club you support, it goes on and on and on. I had a conversation, an interesting conversation with a client a couple of months ago. I was going through a process of one-to-one -one conversations with him. And after about four conversations, he said, I decided to stay at home with my beautiful wife last night and have a lovely evening with my wife and two precious children. I said, yes, yeah, so? He said, well, normally on a night like that, when my team is playing in the Champions League, I'll go to the pub to meet people with whom I have nothing else in common other than the fact that we support the same football club and mindlessly cheer on a group of people that we don't know, that we don't identify with, that only appeal to us because that is what we used to do when we were in secondary school 30 years ago. You realise the tribalism of it all. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not suggesting for one minute that you can't support your team, that you can't cheer for Ireland or France, for that matter, in a rugby match or football match. I'm not suggesting that there is anything wrong with that. But it is the insidious tribalism that very subtly and continually and mindlessly confirms to us that we need to stay within the herd. There is safety in numbers. We shouldn't put our head above the parapet. We shouldn't be different. We've talked before about fear, and not the fear of failure, but the fear of success. So many people have said to me over the years that they would be afraid to be successful, but what their friends think of them. They might lose some of their friends. Those people aren't friends at all. They are at best acquaintances or perhaps just members of a long-standing tribe with whom I've hung out because there are safety in numbers over perhaps three decades, as we said a minute ago. Tribalism is conspiring against you. Normal people, what I call normal crazy people, are conspiring against you too. We know from research that approximately 96% of people in the developed world can be described as normal crazy people. People who are not in charge of their own state of mind. People who are regularly succumbing to worry and stress, frustration, annoyance, anger. All the stuff that is only the creation of a mind that is out of control or as I said a moment ago, a mind that is not within the control of its owner and user. We know that normal crazy people operate on automatic pilot. We know that the automatic pilot functions by using a set of programs learned during childhood, and that that set of programs is constantly replayed day in, day out in adult life. That is the result of the manner in which evolution conspired against us, as I explained a couple of minutes ago. Those thoughts enable us to survive. Those thoughts enable us to do everything we need to do without paying any attention to what we're doing because we need to jealously guard our ability to pay attention for the possibility that our ability to survive will be threatened. We know 
that because normal crazy people operate on automatic pilots that they don't experience reality, that they experience their version of reality or what passes for reality, bogged down by the cocoon that they and their thoughts have constructed for themselves over the entirety of their life. Those thoughts, as we said a few minutes ago, coming from the way in which they were brought up, the way in which they were educated, the way in which they were encouraged to better themselves because they were flawed in the first place, brought up to conform, brought up to stay part of the herd. Now, people who are part of the herd want you to stay part of the herd. Hence, the way in which, as I said a moment ago, some people will express to me that they would be afraid to be a success because they might be thrown out of the herd. That's one side of, or one perspective of the story. The other side is that people are uncomfortable when people that they thought they knew change. Doesn't matter. None of this, none of the way in which nature or nurture is conspiring against you matters. What matters is whether you are up for the adventure of taking control of your own very personal evolution. I mean that literally. We know that evolution designed the neural structures that the normal person has in their brain. We know that as a result of the way in which the normal brain operates on automatic pilot, some of the neural structures that would enable us to do just what we need to do to get to where we want to go are disabled, deliberately disabled, because as I explained a moment ago, those structures are needed to protect us in a fight or flight life-threatening situation. But what we now know as a result of neuroscientific experiment, exploration and research over the last 20, 25 years is that when we take control of our own state of mind, we begin to restructure the very neural structures of our brain. We know, because it's been confirmed again and again and again over the last 25 years, that using your brain differently will actually restructure your brain so that your brain adapts to the way in which you want to use it. The question is, what way do you want to use it? Or I can ask the question again that I asked a moment ago. Do you want to use your brain in a way whereby you take control and charge of your own personal evolution? Change your brain and change your life. We know that meditation restructures both the left prefrontal cortex of the brain and the subcortical brain. We know what the implications and consequences of that are. We know that as a result of structuring those crucial components of the brain, that we can set our minds in a way that is now scientifically validated so that we can achieve anything in which we believe. Or as you've heard me say before, you can achieve anything to which you set your mind. Now, we know from previous conversations how we do that. I don't intend to repeat that here at this moment in time. What I do want to explore is the consequence of setting your mind and the consequence of you being able to achieve anything to which you set your mind. But just before we do that, 
let's recap on something that I said almost as a throwaway remark. The brain restructures itself according to how the user chooses to use it. 96% of people appear not to be aware that they have a choice at all. They'll just grind from one day to the next. By virtue of the fact that you are listening to this podcast, you know that you have a choice to make. Now, it isn't a life-changing choice that you make once and your life changes completely. It is a choice that we need to make in our lives. And by that, I mean it is a choice that we need to make moment to moment. It starts, obviously, with a choice to meditate. That may sound a little facile, facile, I suppose you'd say in English. It may sound a little simplistic, but the research is very clear. Meditation restructures the left prefrontal cortex of the brain, and it restructures the subcortical brain, what I would call the doing brain. In doing so, it sidetracks the thinking brain. In other words, it gets your programming out of the way. Or as somebody said to me recently, I get myself out of my own way. We know that meditation doesn't just do that. It changes the way in which we make decisions or solve problems, and it changes the way in which we act. If you're operating on automatic pilot, as 96% of people are, you never act. You only react. In fact, the only situation in your life in which you will take real action is a situation in which your life is threatened as a result of the threat having your full unbridled attention or the full unbridled attention of the doing brain that sidesteps the thinking brain. We know that as a result of meditation, these structures in the doing brain are flicked from being focused simply on life-threatening situations to being focused on threats. Obviously, we need to keep that in mind, but more importantly, on opportunity and synchronicity. And we know from research, and I know from working with clients for over 27 years at this stage, you have the results to show for it. We know that as a result of flicking that subcortical brain into an opportunistic and synchronistic mode, we know that we end up doing what we need to do effortlessly because this is our doing brain and it sidesteps the thinking brain or actually in the end completely sidelines the thinking brain. People regularly ask me, how am I going to do things that I've never done before in my life? How am I going to do things that will change the course of my life when I don't think I would be able to do those things? On a more simplistic level, how would I be able to have a conversation, a difficult conversation with somebody when I would be afraid to have that conversation, or I couldn't imagine myself saying what needs to be said, or perhaps I could imagine myself saying what needs to be said, but I can't imagine what the other person would think of me, or maybe I can, and I don't want to go there. The key word in all of those sentences in the last 30 or 40 seconds is the word think. 
That's our thinking brain getting in the way. I think I can't do this. I think I'm not good enough to do that. I don't think I would be able to say what needs to be said. I don't think I would be able to stand up for myself in the way that I know I need to stand up for myself if, for example, I'm to dismiss somebody who is constantly bullying me and causing stress in my life. It's prevalent at school, at work, all over the place. But I don't want to get into that either. I want to come back to the key point that I'm making. When we set our minds, we know, and not because science tells us, we know because of the anecdotal evidence I have from working with clients for over 27 years. We know that when we set our mind, our objectives will be achieved. Now, I didn't even say there that we will achieve our objectives because an awful lot of people say to me, well, it's like as if what I wanted just fell into my lap or you'll never guess something happened and it felt like it just happened. Now, of course, it feels like that because it feels effortless when I do what I need to do once my thinking brain has been sidelined. Effort, struggle only comes from the thinking brain, thinking it's too hard, thinking I couldn't do it. When we meditate, we sideline the thinking brain. When we set our minds, we give the doing brain the coordinates it requires to achieve our objectives. We don't need to concern ourselves with anything that we need to do between where we are now and those coordinates that we give to our doing brain. The doing brain will look after what we need to do, and it will look after it moment to moment. It will enable us to do things that we thought we couldn't do, behave in ways that we thought we couldn't behave, say things that we thought we couldn't say, surprise ourselves, super surprise ourselves, amaze ourselves. They're all quotes from clients or online program owners. How do we super surprise ourselves? Well, we just do what we need to do and it's effortless because we haven't thought about it. Reflect on this. Evolution gave us a brain designed for survival. In the way in which that brain developed, the doing brain evolved to ensure that in a life-threatening situation where we have no time to think, we just do what we need to do to escape and to live to fight another day. When we flick that part of the brain from being focused entirely on threat to threat, opportunity and synchronicity, then that brain will do what it does naturally. We've taken charge of our own personal evolution by restructuring the subcortical or doing brain. But the effect of that is actually really quite simple. All we've done is tuned ourselves into the reality of the moment, tuned ourselves in to threat, opportunity and synchronicity in equal measure. But something grander happens. Because when we tune ourselves in that way, it isn't just our brains that synchronize. It is our energy that synchronizes. Modern neuroscience goes hand in hand with modern quantum physics explanation of the fact that you and I are vibrating bundles of energy in an energetic universe. Modern neuroscience 
and modern quantum physics explore what happens when we allow our energy to synchronize as a result of restructuring our subcortical brain. The modern science of bioelectricity shows us that when we are synchronized, when our energy is, to quote quantum physics, shimmering in a synchronistic and coherent way so that we are emitting a synchronized and coherent electromagnetic pulse, we give off photons of heat and light out through our own energy field, out into an energetic universe. Those photons of light, it has been scientifically established, carry our intentions with them, carry messages out into the universe. If you're using your mind normally, if you're still using your mind normally, if you're one of the mindless mass, if you're one of the 96% of people, your energy is not flowing coherently. Your energy is blocked. As I've said before, a mind that is ill at ease will, as a result of blocking the body's energy, create a diseased body. When we are using our minds normally, our energy doubles back in on ourselves. It swirls down into the vortex of sameness and repetitiveness of ordinary everyday survival mode, ordinary everyday existence, certainly not everyday living. When we free our mind, we free our energy. And when we free our energy, everything changes because we're now interacting with universal energy. We're interacting in an interactive energy exchange, the interactive energy exchange that is the universe. When we simply are free of thought, when we simply do free of thought, when we are and when we do, and when we have already set our minds or given our subcortical doing brain the coordinates of what would be joy, bliss, or a perfect moment or an ideal life for us, we effortlessly do and say just what we need to do and say in the right way at the right time. And it all just flows effortlessly. And our lives, any aspect of our lives, every aspect of our lives, effortlessly changes. This is how you will change your life. This is how you will lose weight, become fit, generate wealth, enhance your business or your career, enhance your relationships in particular. This is how you will let yourself, allow yourself, free yourself to simply live a life of success and happiness. This is different from not only how we have been taught to achieve happiness and success, it is different from how we have been taught that perhaps we don't even deserve happiness and success. It's a completely different approach to being. This approach will enable you to live, enable you to live your life to the full. The old way, the conforming way, the tribal way, the natural way, 
is to grind forward from one day to the next, becoming increasingly frustrated and annoyed with ourselves, perhaps guilty, feeling guilty that we haven't done what we know we needed to do to move our lives forward, guilty that perhaps we have misbehaved in our relationships or distance ourselves from our children or distance our children from us through the interaction between the two of us that never really takes place as a result of the fact that neither of us was never really there. But when we turn up, when we are present, when we are tuned in, when we have tuned our energy into the universal flow of energy in this here and now, then everything is different. You are living and you're living your life to the full. Not at some point in the future. It's happening now. So we go back to the choice that we need to make. And as I said, it's not a one-off choice that is going to change your life completely and irrevocably. The choice we need to make is a choice that we need to make moment to moment because we're vibrating in and out of existence. Our energy is moment to moment. This universe of ours is vibrating in and out of existence moment to moment. We only live our lives moment to moment. As a client or an online program owner said to me a couple of days ago, the future is made up of nows that haven't happened yet. Those nows will be created by how you turn up to this one and this one and this one. You need to ensure that you turn up to this moment because this is your life. This is done through meditation. It is as simple as that. There's no point in my trying to complicate what is an extremely simple solution to the problems of your life. Indeed, if we think about nationalism and tribalism, the problems of this world, there's no point in me trying to complicate it. We think we're complicated people, but that's only thought. We think we have all these worries. We think we have all these challenges that we think we're not up to dealing with, but that's all only thought as well. We need to let ourselves go. As I said to a group of advanced meditators just this morning, we need to let ourselves rip. We need to let it all hang out. We do all this through the simple practice of sitting still for a few minutes every morning. Not some mornings, every morning. Because every day is a day peppered with opportunities and synchronicities that will enable you live your life to the full if you simply and effortlessly tune in. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again next week. You've been listening to To Succeed, Just Let Go. To get involved, join me in my Facebook group, strangely enough called To Succeed, Just Let Go. And for more information, visit www.willie-hall.com.